Hi, and welcome to the Eat With Grace podcast with your hosts, Jackie and Brooke, where we challenge the culture around food and nutrition from a biblical perspective. I am Brooke. I am one of your hosts, and we are here with Jackie, the uh, co-host of the podcast. How are you doing today, Jackie? Great, great. It's good to be with you and good to talk to you. So how has your week been? Um, It's been good. Uh, Yeah, I'm glad it's a new year. Um, just getting into the swing of things again. And so it's good to be turning another stone and moving forward. So for sure. All right. So today we are going to be focusing on the topic of pushing back against the culture. And so, um, I know Jackie in the conversations that we've had together, uh, you have a history of doing this. And so I would just love to hear about your background um, in dietetics and culinary medicine and kind of what brought you to where you are today. My background in culinary medicine really started because I didn't believe in dieting. I was never exposed to dieting as a child or as a teenager or as a high schooler. I, I don't really think I knew anybody who dieted and I didn't know that people dieted because I was in athletics and uh, I just probably wasn't attuned to it. I have three sisters and three brothers and we all ate as much as we could, as often as we could and whenever we could and we were all very thin. So um, dieting was just not anything that I I knew anything about And, and the people around me were very, very thin, very athletic and, um, you know, we didn't really have to worry about it. But now that I look back on it, I do think there were a lot of my friends, girls who did diet and I didn't realize it. Um, But I just, there was never a diet culture in my mind or surrounding me. When I went to college, I was running um, track, indoor track and cross country. And I remember feeling like I had too much weight on me for, um, for running. And so I do remember that feeling, but we're talking, I was incredibly lean. My sister, I think her body fat was probably down at 7% and she was a, she was a, a world-class runner and set an American record in the half mile. And I know my body fat was not very far behind her. So um, it, it goes to show that even ap- in athletics, and even if you're very thin, a little bit of, of extra weight felt like a huge amount of weight. So that was probably the first time that I had those feelings of extra weight. And um, my teammates were very, very thin too, because we ran, you know, 10, 15 miles a day sometimes. One of them, she um, was always preparing food for us. We had training camps. And so she was always preparing food for us. She was always, seems like she was always drinking juices and things. Well, she ended up in the hospital with a eating disorder. And we wondered, how did that happen? She was always around food. You know, we never noticed she wasn't eating. And she actually was in the hospital from dehydration because all the juices she drank, her body was trying to get fuel from those, uh, from the juices and trying to extract the calories. And she ended up dehydrated from it. So, you know, there was a little bit of, of, uh, understanding a little bit about um, anorexia and bulimia from that standpoint and realizing that 
even my own feelings of a little weight, imagine how other people feel that aren't athletes and don't have a high percentage of muscle mass. So it's a it's a, a feeling that I think we all struggle with at one time or another, even though I wasn't really brought up in a culture where um, diet was a, a big thing. So culinary medicine really came to me very naturally because I didn't believe in dieting. I actually never really wanted to be a dietitian. I started out writing for Saturday Evening Post, Cooking Light, and um, actually did a television show. And it was all cooking related things. And I thought, well, maybe I should get my dietitian registration so that I have credentials for writing about food and nutrition. So I got a master's degree and finished that. I became a registered dietitian by uh, taking an exam, doing an internship. And then I, um, I started teaching at a university. And it was very easy there to teach about intuitive eating, to teach about um, the kinds of things that we talk about in this podcast. But I, I had children, I took some time off. I was still writing for Saturday Evening Post. I had a syndicated newspaper column. I was writing about food and nutrition, but I kind of took a, a step back from a diet uh, work like in hospitals and things. So I'm in my home in Buffalo, Wyoming, and I get a phone call and the local hospital needed a dietitian and there were they could not find a dietitian anywhere. So they called, the American Dietetic Association, and they said, you have a dietitian right in your hometown. And so they gave him my number, they called me, and I was thrust back in to like the clinic, hospital, outpatient, home health kind of setting. And there, it was all about diets. There were therapeutic diets, which are really important for people who can't swallow or have other issues. But there were so many weight loss diets. And then there were physicians who were giving out weight loss um, medications. And then there were people who were talking about supplements. So I found myself thrust into that in combination with having to justify my few hours I worked at the hospital. I still was a full-time mom, but I worked like uh, maybe up to 20 hours a week at this hospital and clinic. I didn't really push back on the on the culture very much at all. I just flowed along with it. And I, I worked with people who uh, were overweight and I was teaching intuitive eating at the time, but then I would vacillate because some patients would really want the rules and regulations. And I, I, would, I would give those out. I know all the rules that you can follow, all the rules that you can change. And I noticed that all the people that were working in nutrition who were making a lot of money we're making up all these rules and getting people to follow them. And I thought, well, maybe that's what I need to do. And I didn't know any other dietitians who were teaching intuitive eating. I didn't personally know other people who I could uh, use as role models for pushing back on the culture. But there were several things that happened to me that just, you know, when I'm talking to people, it just didn't feel right. I remember one day, a gentleman who had come to me to lose weight and he really didn't look like he needed to lose weight. He seemed like he had a good amount of muscle mass to uh, fat mass. He, he looked pretty good and he wanted ideas on how to lose weight. So I asked him, well, what do you do? 
And so he gave me this list of things that he do. And I said, those are all wonderful, wonderful things. I don't know that I can add anything to the list. And he actually got mad at me. Like, why am I spending all this money for you to tell me that I'm already doing things right? I want a diet plan. I want it written out, et cetera. And so then I started pushing back on the culture. I realized that the things that he want is not something that I could give. I could not, in my, in my heart, I, I can't push people to do these things that I know are not what is going to be move them towards better health. It's just going to be make them feel in control and have more rules and regulations. So fast forward a few years and I'm at another hospital. This hospital has like 13 other dietitians. So now I have role models and I have people that I um, get to see how other dietitians do it. They all used rules and regulations and very, very good diets, evidence-based science to show their patients better ways of eating. So once again, I, um, I kind of fell in with the culture and just went with the mainstream. I, I have to give you an example of the first time I started. I had probably 15 years of experience as a dietitian. I had counseled uh, hundreds and hundreds of people. But when I went to this new hospital, they had someone who they put with me. And first I would watch how they would teach a patient about nutrition. And then the next patient I was to teach and then they were to give me and my superiors feedback on how I did nutrition. And I did it my usual way with intuitive eating and not a very specific diet plan. And I really got cut down. I was put down by that other dietitian, and I was told that I needed more education on um, the strict carbohydrate and protein patterns and uh, fat patterns. And I went through all that training, which I already knew, but I went through it again. And I really fell into the diet culture at that hospital because that's what everybody else was teaching. But I also had a radio show that I did for the hospital. And that was my, my outlet to be able to share intuitive eating and a different way, different mindset about food. And at that same time, I started a personal blog, cookingwithjackie.com. And in that blog, I started talking about all kinds of foods. I didn't talk about nutrition. I didn't talk about right. fats and proteins hardly at all. And this was just the beginning where I never turned back, where I started pushing against the culture and said, okay, those diet rules, it didn't work for anybody that I know of. And people who were able to lose a lot of weight and to keep the weight off, they found something inside of them. And a lot of times there's a spiritual connection where they, um, through prayer and Bible reading, they came to an acceptance of themselves. And pretty soon it just seemed like their health started to improve. Brooke, have you seen anything like that happen with your patients? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I think when we, I think that's where part of our society gets health wrong is that we're only ever focusing on the physical and health is so much more than that. When we, when we look at health, 
um, our spiritual health, mental health, emotional health, relational health, financial health, like all of these things play a role in it. And if we're giving too much emphasis to one of them and ignoring the others, um, we're, we're not going to be able to, um, find that balance and, um, in our health. And so I, I do agree that, um, most of my patients it's, it's not a food issue. Um, there's something else. There's some other resolved, unresolved, um, issue or trauma in their life that they're not dealing with. And so they're usually using food to cope or, um, or they, they just, they have this, like you, like you were talking about this idea that they just need this rigid plan. And if they just do this, all their problems will go away. And it's like, no, like food is not the issue for, for, for most people. And so that's putting a bandaid on the situation. Like, I don't know about you, but I try to dig into, um, the reasons why people are eating, like they know what to eat, but let's figure out like the whys behind your eating. Why are your behaviors like this? What is driving them? What's the messaging you're believing? Is this working for you? Is this not like, look back over your life, like, And how do you want to live going forward? You know, do you want to live a life where you're constantly counting things and measuring things and worrying about things? Or do you just want to sit down and enjoy your food and be able to spend time and energy on other things that are more important? Um, And so, yeah. Yeah, The interesting thing about that comment is actually dieting does work for a little while. I mean, Mm -hmm, of course, a couple of days, you can diet for a week, you can some people can carry it really far, but as soon as things happen in our lives, as soon as a stressful event happens or something like that, cognitively, we cannot handle everything that's going on, plus counting all these calories, plus doing all this. And so people come to a point where they say, I lost this weight, then this happened, and I gained it back. And every time you lose weight and gain it back, it's so much harder than to lose weight again and gain it back. And I always ask myself, and I'd love your answer on this, is it better to have been at one weight than to have lost weight four or five times and still be at that weight or even a little bit heavier? Uh, In my personal and professional opinion, yes. Um, there, there's a lot of research being done right now on what's called weight cycling or that yo-yo dieting, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, because what happens and what people don't understand is that every time we lose weight, we lose muscle mass and fat mass. You don't just lose fat. Okay. Um, now the one exception of that might be keto, um, and that, that, that's a factual statement that, you know, because, because of the way that your body goes into it, um, you are burning primarily fat. But when we lose weight in any essence, in any other way, we are losing both fat and, um, and, and muscle mass. And because our body is getting smaller, our body's requiring less calories. So our metabolism overall is slowing down because it takes less calories to one to run a 150 pound body versus a 200 pound body. And then when we gain that weight back, because it usually happens, like you mentioned, I think in the previous podcast, that 98% of all diets end up regaining weight back. When we gain it back, it all comes back as fat because we don't regain muscle mass unless you're actively eating 
you know, adequate protein and doing strength training to do that. And so what happens over time is we lose fat and muscle, we gain back fat, we lose fat and muscle, we gain back fat. And so over time, it changes our body composition. Like we might end up at the same weight every time we lose and come back to it. But our body composition is completely different. We are much more fat mass and much more or much less of that lean body mass, which is that healthy body tissue that drives our metabolism and that keeps us going. And so 100%, I believe that if people would just quit trying to diet, just kind of accept where they're at, sure, engage in some healthy behaviors, and just let the weight part of it go, that we'd be much, much better off um, as humans and as a society in terms of our health. It, and um, we're talking about pushing back on the culture. And that is especially important in childhood to not be dieting, because Oh, that just leads to just a life of heartache. And so when I say that sometimes I'd flow with the culture and do what everybody else was doing and that other times I'd push back, I, I think I have always tried to push back on dieting in childhood and dieting um, anytime in the teenage years even. I, I know doctors will sometimes refer patients to me and I talk with the patient and we... I would, instead of having nutrition education sessions, we would go walking. We would go play, if it was a, a boy, we'd go play football. We would go um, do all kinds of things. And then we might talk about, oh, well, this, uh, you know, this is why this produce is important in your body. And these are the kind of the healthy foods, but almost always my patients would find, when they found success, they found it themselves. And like one special needs uh, girl, she came to me and she'd lost so much weight. And I said, how did you do it? She said, I did what you told me to. I'm like, well, what did I tell you? She said, you told me just a handful, one handful of food and of each food. Now I was trying to teach portion sizes with that handful. But what she had gotten out of it, she could eat anything she wanted as long as it was only one handful of food. I mean, she lost so much weight. It was incredible. Another patient, another uh, uh, patient with, uh, with special needs, he found his own solution. And instead of eating nuts when he was playing his games on you know video games, he would do shelled nuts. So he had to actually unshell them to eat them and it helped him lose weight. I did not really think of either one of those ideas. It, it came from inside of them and it was something they could do. And it made me realize with all of my patients, those, those two patients taught me a lot. They taught me to help people find what they could do in their lives to make yes. a difference in their weight. And, um, and it's really not trying to find a difference in their weight. It's a difference in their habits so that they can move towards, you know, better health and, and just enjoy life more. Right. Because sustainability is a huge part of it. And I think that's why, that's why rigid diets don't work because they're not sustainable. Um, whatever we do with our food and nutrition needs to be something that we can do for a lifetime. And so if it's as simple as thinking about, you know, um, a serving size of food fitting in your hand or finding ways to, you know, like, yeah, the shelled nuts versus the non-shelled nuts, it's going to take you a lot more time and it's going to be a lot harder to eat 
the ones with shells on them than without. So you're going to naturally decrease um, the amount of nuts that you're eating. Um, and so like those little things, those are sustainable habits. I tell people, if you can just focus on, you know, let's eat one vegetable a day. And if that's your goal, and if that's something that you can do for the rest of your life, then start there. You know, it's those little simple things that people can do that really do add up long term. And so, so, so yes, I believe that is so important. So Jackie, let me ask you a question. Um, when it comes to food and nutrition, then what specific thing do you emphasize? Like, what do you think is the most important when you're talking about your or with your patients um, or clients or students? You know, coming from a dietitian, this might seem really um, different, but I've always been a non-diet dietitian. I've just never really believed in diets. So the things that I feel like move people towards better health is sitting down for a meal, saying grace, because that life of gratitude is so important, sharing a meal with those that we love because you know the relationships and the bonding that goes around uh, around the diner, dinning, dinner table it's like building a reservoir for emotional health and then eating a wide variety of foods so you'll notice anything about actual eating and kinds of foods is way down on my list this is like third or fourth down. And even at that point, it's eating a wide variety of foods. I see so many people who decide, oh, well, I'm going to leave this out of my diet. I'm going to leave this food out of my diet. I'm going to leave this food out of my diet. I'm like, no, no, let's embrace more variety. You know, I diversity a big word today. Well, we need that in our diets too. And then after that, I think the food needs to be awesome, delicious. Mm -hmm. if, if we go to a fast food restaurant and people find that the food tastes good there and then they go home and it just doesn't taste very good, how sustainable is that diet? Well, we can make healthy food really delicious. And that's where culinary medicine comes in. It's showing people how to eat a variety of foods and how to make it really delicious. Awesome. Yeah, no, I think those are, I think those are all very great points. Um, yeah, I think when it comes to eating and food and nutrition, sometimes nutrition isn't the, the primary thing that you need to focus on. So, okay, well, is there anything else that you want to share today, Jackie? Otherwise, I think we can go ahead and get wrapped up for today's episode. Well, I just want to say, Brooke, it is really wonderful being able to talk with you and be able to share our ideas. And, you know, Brooke, we had never met before uh, just a few months ago. We had totally different backgrounds. We come from different places. We come from different generations almost. You know, it's, it's really interesting how much we believe the same about faith, about our relationship with God, and about our relationship with food. Yeah, no, it really was a God thing that brought us together. So um, I will give him all the, the, the glory and the credit for that, um, for making this all work. So, all right. Well, I think we're going to wrap this one up then for today. Uh, so again, if you haven't already subscribed to the Eat With Grace podcast, please do that wherever you listen podcasts. Um, and you can find us at cookingwithjackie.com, at brookfredrickson.com, and then our Instagram page, the Eat With Grace podcast. So 
Hope you all have a great week and thanks for listening. Okay, would you